Welcome back to the b- 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 bonus episode. Bonus episode. Bonus episode. We did it for you guys. That's right. And, and it's kind of for us. It's totally <laughs> for us. And it's a bonus episode of the Spiritual Spectrum Podcast. Can you tell that this is the second time I've done this now recently? I actually introduced the show within the first 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> this is Taylor. She's on it. I'm Elena. And today, in our um, bonus episode, we're talking ghost stories. Um, Because it's spooky season, and we wanted to. Um, So we're going to share some some spooky ghost stories from uh, where we live. I'm in San Diego. Local hauntings. The local hauntings. Elena's in Monterey, which you've heard her say is extremely haunted. Yeah, I love it. It's so wonderfully spooky and full of death (laughs) i just love how full of death it is um it's one of the main attractions yeah you come here for the death um so yeah there's really not much more to say about that elena i'm I'm just gonna jump right in you guys jump right in we got we got some good stuff for you today that's right so monterey monterey peninsula super central coast california about two hours south of San Francisco. Look us up, Big Sur Coastline. Find Super us on stunning. the map. It's amazing. Um, Carmel by the Sea, Pebble Beach. Maybe We've you've got, heard of it. You know, some really fantastic golf, apparently. I don't golf. But um, we're going to start with the Del Monte Beach, which is the beach that I live closest to. Um, and it's, I did not know that it was haunted. I've been living here for 10 years and I'm or longer than that now. And I'm like, come on. I would have just been out there. Like, Dude, I didn't every night. know that either. <laughs> and also I've like walked that beach <clears throat> so many times and yeah, I'm just like, really? That yeah. Beach? So that beach is haunted and it's a huge, it's a very long beach. So it goes, it's about four miles, I believe. And it goes from seaside south into downtown Monterey. Mm. So um, it's the one that's off of Monterey Fisherman's Wharf, if you've ever been here. And um, at any time of day or night, when the fog rolls in and hovers low, ghosts emerge to walk the sandy shore of Monterey oh. Bay. Ooh, as many as 16 full-bodied ethereal ghosts have appeared on this beach. And what is more amazing is that four people witnessed these large gatherings of spirits. Whoa. Mm. It's a ghost party. That, yeah. Yeah. This is being told by one of the people who have witnessed the, these groups. So the ghosts appeared to be male, possibly sailors or fishermen dressed similarly in gray pants and shirts that were streaked with mud or grease, and all of them had nondescript faces. And they appeared to emerge from dissipating fog to, uh, fog as the wind blew across the beach. Um, I would and they literally for, shit mm-hmm. myself. Dude, and they like, lasted we gotta for go, about we gotta 30 go. seconds. Let's get the fuck they out were of like, here. You could like stare at them for a good 30 seconds before okay, wait, they Did we have a birthday celebration for you on this beach? That was Zmudowski Beach. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know, which Zmudowski is just, you know, that's the Santa Cruz, Casterville thing. Um, Casterville? No. What am I saying? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It totally is. Anyway, so, um, let's see. So these, these ghosts are more, more than likely people that, um, died swimming, um, surfing. Probably there were boating accidents, fires on board of ships because it looked like there were people in kind of like working clothes that were like, 
disheveled. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is a total thing. There's lots of working boats out in Monterey Bay, lots of fishing going on out there. And um, for more than 150 years, Del Monte Beach has been a popular swimming site. And at times the surf runs high and creates dangerous unforeseen uh, undertoes. Mm. And this is like such a thing in Monterey. It's like I used to work as a hotel concierge and I would tell people all the time, like you can go into the water in Carmel Beach, but that's it. Anywhere else, if you're not a strong swimmer, you're going to get pulled under. It's like, and I almost did one time. It's scary out there. Like it is so there's just a steep drop off, mm-hmm. which we're the home of the Marianas Trench, if you don't know that. I was going to say, because that trench mm-hmm. is for real. Yeah. And it's like, so off of that beach is just a sheer drop and it creates Ugh. this like suction underneath what you can see. And so if you go over, yeah. So if you go over that shelf, it just sucks you right down. It's so scary. And there's lots of shark attacks here too. I mean. Yeah, it's sharky. I, I, I hear about it like more often than you think you'd hear about a shark attack um so yeah I've I've at least heard of three people that were like people someone knew and then other ones on top of that so um yeah anyway I'm off track here so said uh, weird Monterey Monterey County yes it said uh the last official total death um on or near this beach was a document that was dated in 1964 that reported 152 fatalities and that's just from this book i'm reading so that's probably something more recent you can find but um that's a lot of people dying like and uh you know there's been a lot more since then there like that's like when i was a when i was working in hotels i would tell people like people die at monastery beach which is also in this book people die at monastery beach and off of del monte beach like just all the time it's very common especially for tourists so i believe that i'm like yeah i guess the beach would be haunted i just wouldn't think about it and there was one time when a guy was sitting on the beach and he felt a presence next to him and he looked to his side and he saw a woman in a victorian bathing suit and she said she turned to him and said where am i and he like screamed and she disappeared oh how sad (laughs) i'm like that's really she's like wait what crazy fuck like yeah you don't look like you're from my time where am i and he's like yeah holy shit she's like oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah right it's kind of you know just a little little rude awakening there awareness (laughs) poor little ghost so yeah yeah so then another one so the all of these places are within walking distance of my house i'm gonna take pictures for you guys and put them on the gram and uh, this, this other one is like one of the oldest buildings on the West Coast, if not the oldest building on the West Coast, the Royal P- Presidio Chapel. Uh, that's now part of San Carlos Private School. And it was uh, where oh, like Jesus. royalty of Spain would go and worship the king of Spain worship there. Um, and so that was just like a big part of the Spanish uh, colonizing this area, the California missions and all that, which uh, the Carmel mission is here, which is where Unifero Sara is buried. And that place is super haunted as well, which um, that's uh, a story for another day because um, that's I, I, I could tell that story on this one, but that's that's a, a big long one for another episode. Um, Dude, so it sta- would be fun. Yeah. Uh, like sidebar, it'd be fun to do more um, more ghost stories. Oh, totally. Right. Yeah. I'm like, there are so many that I like had to cut. I'm like, I'm keeping it to six. You guys. <laughs> so I would um, love to hear that. And yeah. also I would love to do a haunted tour of Monterey. Yeah. 
yeah, you know, I know it. You know, I've done it. I've, I've of done course. the haunted walking tours. Um, yeah. So the the cap the the, the chapel um, is it's just right downtown. If you're driving into downtown Monterey, it's on the right. You can't miss it. It's just this super old chapel uh, that looks like a Spanish cathedral, and it's. Um, uh, staff and visitors have witnessed a bright candle moving in the darkness of the sanctuary. So these, we're just going to dive right in here and just get into some of the spooky goings on. It's just an yes. old chapel. There's Wait, not like a lot again? of. It's called the Royal Presidio Chapel, Royal or the Royal Chapel, and um, you know, it's it's just a chapel. It's not like there was tons of like terrible things going on there, but there was a lot of spiritual, you know, worship. So. There's a lot of spiritual activity. And um, oh. so the floating candle has been seen by two witnesses simultaneously in the choir loft. Um, and so other ghostly activity includes the sound of sandal-clad feet walking down the aisle of the chapel, swishing of long skirts moving through the pews, and ringing of church bells in the middle of the night. This is the one that everyone in town talks about, mm. <laughs> is the, this bell going off. And uh, if you, like, people try to go into, there's like a garden and we try to, like, go in at night, but now it's like... You know, it's kind of, there's like a fence. I mean, you can still mm. kind of go over there at night. And so it's like people try to like witness the, the bell fence. ringing. Fuck the yeah, fence. Yeah, it's like, it's a private school now. So it's like a Catholic school. Dude, I would not want to go to school there. I know. And uh, so it's uh, local ghost, ghost hunters believe that a Mexican servant who worked for the chapel remains to perform the duty of, um, you know, ringing the bell. So that's mm. what that is believed to be. So, um, you know, it's just like, it's a spooky little old church that we got here that's like a super cool old super duper spanish chapel that i don't know it just like is like that it's like a gem that we have mm. in monterey and um sidebar i guess is that monterey is the only place in the united states that's ever been attacked by sea pirates like blackbeard style and uh a bunch of buildings were like burned down in the process and they they kind of left that one alone on purpose the, par- the pirates were like no oh. we're not gonna burn that down <laughs> which i was like that's interesting <laughs> oh that's where it is i was like trying to figure out where it is it's is it by dennis oh, yeah. the menace it's kind of yeah it's like right there by Elistero park dennis the menace park it's like across the little street there mm. it's like when you're driving into monterey you see it on the right i think i think i've just like never paid attention to it yeah, it's just like it looks like just a cool old like I'm just like you know, yeah, historical old, building. It's fine, Keep you know, it's kind of nondescript, but we, you also are looking at the back of it when you're driving in, mm-hmm. so you don't see like the beautiful front facade. It's actually kind of hard to get to the front of it because it like is a dead end road and it's like a school now, so they kind of have it guarded on. I believe like that on purpose because you know Aww. it's it's a pretty precious building. So that's a a couple there for you guys. I'm gonna hand it over to Taylor. Oh, okay. So my first story <laughs> is about the ghost of the Hotel del Coronado. Her name was Kate Morgan. Um, she is an American woman. She died under mysterious circumstances at the hotel. So <clears throat> she was born uh, Kate Farmer in Fremont County, Iowa, um, around 1864, um she was let's see let's like skip all of that who fucking cares blah 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 um when she let's see she was born in 64 so she when she was like 21 she married this guy um so in 1885 she married this guy thomas edwin morgan and they had one child a boy who was born on halloween 
1886, but he only lived for two days, which typical. And then around 1890, she ran off with Albert Allen, a stepson of Thomas's this doesn't make any sense to me but this is like because i looked at the source and it's like what this person actually said a stepson of thomas's stepmother emily Dennison allen morgan okay i'm like would that be (laughs) your brother or a different stepson or i'm not sure um Anyways, this relationship did not appear to have, uh, like, lasted very long, um, but the next time that she was reported being seen uh, was when she was ill and alone at the hotel. Um, So then basically, like, the next, like, recorded sighting was in 1892. She checked into the Hotel del Coronado, which is on coronado here in san diego Mm -hmm. very historic and beautiful and um, my parents actually stayed there for my dad's 70th birthday Hmm. beautiful spot um she arrived on november 24th and checked in under the name mrs lottie a bernard of detroit uh the staff reported that she seemed ladylike beautiful reserved and well-dressed but troubled and very melancholy so she was basically described as like a beautiful stranger. That's how the the, the newspapers ended up um, referring to her. But she was found dead on November 29th. She was basically there for five days. I read a story that said she was ill. She had like stomach cancer and that she was supposed to meet up with her brother who was a doctor and then he never showed and she was all upset about it. And so then she ended up killing herself. But then I only saw that story, that version of the story in one place. So then another story is that she was like meeting up with a lover who never showed. And so she was there for Mm. five days. They didn't show up. She was all (gasps) bummed out. Wah, wah. She was all sick and whatever. Wah, Mm. wah. Poor little girl. So sad with (laughs) cancer and stuff like that. Get your shit together. Just kidding. Um, Oh my gosh. And, uh, and so she went into town because, um, the hotel is on the beach in Coronado and so there's like there's a little town there but I don't know what going to town meant then like did she go just into the little downtown area like I'm not really sure Mm -hmm. what it was like you know 130 years Mm -hmm. ago or whatever but um she went into town and got a handgun and came back to the hotel and then she was found dead on an outside staircase like leading down to the beach and the coroner Mm -hmm. said that it was a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head but the bullet in her head didn't match the gun she had what so her the death by gunshot is like mysterious circumstances because they're like yeah. well if that didn't match the gun then who killed her and was they're it self-inflicted and also I'm like think so about the forensics ago. back in the 1890s yeah. like how do they fucking the they, don't fu- they don't fucking know <laughs> um so let's see uh a san francisco lawyer alan may speculated in the in 1980s that her death involved foul play do you think um mm-hmm. and uh yeah again the evidence is just that the bullet didn't Maybe, match her gun yeah there you go Maybe so it was, uh, her her husband figured it out and like met her there right like maybe maybe, maybe the lover did show up and she mm-hmm. was like you know i don't know bitching at him about like i've been here for five days and i have stomach cancer and how dare you and he's <laughs> like you know what bitch i've had enough of you and he popped her <laughs> i don't know We'll never really There's know. There's so many, so many things we could speculate. <laughs> yeah. And I am really good at speculating. A crazy one. Ooh, yeah. Um, but there have been many ghost sightings um, 
at the hotel and other potential paranormal events at the hotel since then. Um, also, the hotel wrote a book about it, um, which I think is funny, that they sell at That's, a gift shop. Yeah, of um, course. Um, Touching. Yes. And so, like, so people have seen her on the beach. Um, they... Uh, like walking along the beach they've seen her on the staircase the room that she killed herself in or the room that she stayed in rather i think was room 309 and it's the most requested room at the hotel um like people always want to stay there yeah (laughs) yeah and so the room is reportedly very cold and Mm -hmm. like she turns the tv on and off and like turns the lights on and off and like fucks with things but like Mm. yeah so um it's not like that spooky. Like my other ones are a little bit spooky. Yeah. Well, you gotta start. You know, start it off easy. We're easing you in. Um, yeah. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Did he just like he tried to jump and he yeah, didn't make he it? Did. Right. He does yeah. that all the time. I'm like, does he have a neurological problem? Or what I thought until I thought maybe he has a neurological problem is that he has fallen <clears throat> when he jumps, and so sometimes I think he just gets scared that he's not gonna make yeah, it, and he that's doesn't the same commit. Thing for my cat, especially now that she's older, now she's mm-hmm. ten. Yeah, and so it's, I notice she does it more now, and I think it, it is like a I've missed things before. Right, I'm, like I'm scared, and it's so yeah. funny though because he'll he'll do that, and then he'll just walk away like I don't care. I didn't even. Yeah. I didn't even. I don't want to get up there. Totally. I'm like, yeah. But my cat, like, no problem. Yeah, she just starts like licking her leg or something. She's like, right. Eh, just oh, I'm doing something else. <laughs> that was for fun. I yeah. did that on purpose. Yeah. Um, totally. I love it. I have nothing else to share about kate morgan but yeah if you want to get if you want like a like a safe little haunt because she's not going to do anything to you really like she's chill you know hotel dough she's a she's a fine lady yeah she's just a fine just a fine sad lady just go (laughs) stay in her room and see if she turns the tv on and off and if you want to be really cold or maybe go to coronado in the middle of the night and go see if you find her on the beach you know spooky 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 i love it yeah so Back um, to you, I've got a yeah, I've got a couple more that I'm gonna just throw at you real fast. This one is like walking distance. They're all walking distance from my house. This one is right next to where I work, and I used to have lunch in this garden like every day. I don't know why I stopped. I should do it more. It, I don't know why I stopped doing that. But I used to have lunch here like every day in the garden because Monterey, if you don't know, um, is full of public gardens that's like one of its coolest little features it's like all over monterey i do love finding all the little hidden gardens yeah there's like little historic gardens that belong to all of these historic buildings Mm -hmm. and like we have like a park service that just like totally works in downtown monterey and so there's like always like one park member like either in the historical building or in the garden just like caretaking but like from like i don't know it's like 9 a.m or 8 a.m or something to like sundown they're always open and you can just go sit and enjoy them. So if you're in Monterey, go enjoy the gardens. Or you could go get married one in one of the gardens, which Jesse and yes, I almost can. did. Oh, so sweet. I would in Casa del Oro, that would be a good one. What's um, the one anyway. behind the um the custom house? That's the one. Oh, Casa yeah, Casa del Oro. Oh, I didn't know. I just yeah, yeah, thought yeah, yeah. You know, it was the mm-hmm, custom house. Totally. It's a, oh, the custom house. Yeah, the cu- yeah. Mhm. And then that one is also very haunted. Oh, the custom house one? Yeah, the custom house um, is said to be, uh, there's said to be dead bodies in the walls (gasps) of the custom house. I know. Maybe it's a good thing we didn't get married there. That's that big building right there on the wharf. Anyone who's been to Monterey, right? If you're on the Fisherman's Wharf, it's that 
that cool looking long old building. So um, let's talk a little bit about this garden at the Robert Louis Stevenson house, the lady in black. And there's other stuff too. So um, this house was built in the 1830s and operated as a boarding house in a French hotel, uh, meaning French style. Uh, the house had countless visitors of some celebrity and by the 1870s had expanded into um, a larger building and now uh, stands as a historical park. So it's like just it started kind of small, kept expanding. It was like now it's kind of it's like two stories, um, probably like 17 rooms or something. It's this mm -hmm. big thing. So um, let's see. In 1879, Robert Louis Stevenson rented rooms in the French Hotel and resided there with Fanny Osborne, whom he later married in San Francisco. Although Robert was seriously ill most of the year, he still managed to spend his time visiting with the lighthouse keeper, Alan L. Luce, at Point Pinos Lighthouse and write, music, er, and write much of the classic story, Treasure Island. Oh. Today, the Stevenson house contains one of the largest collections in the world of the family's memorabilia, and artifacts. These personal items and Stevenson's experiences, including his illness, may account for the ghostly activity in the house, some of which is attributed to Stevenson. And there are two Stevenson houses in Monterey, one where he oh. was like living his life, and then there's also this one. So that's kind of a funny thing. Um, several visitors and docents have reported hearing a muted cough on the second floor thinking someone had suddenly become sick. It is known that Stevenson suffered from tuberculosis and was plagued with an incessant cough. In conjunction with these sounds, the odor of carbolic acid used to disinfect the rooms of the sick has also been detected on the second floor in a room once occupied by Stevenson. Other unexplained audio phenomena include the sound of a heavy trunk being dragged across the wood plank floor of the second story. Um, and rushing, yeah, <laughs> rushing to that floor, docents found that Stevenson's old trunk had been moved into the hallway. Mm -mm. <laughs> you know, it's really no. funny, too. I'm, I'm remembering just now my my old band. We did a whole band photo shoot in front of this building. Like, I have pictures <laughs> in front of this. Say, I forgot about that. Anyway. In a, you should inspect near, those photos. Yeah. I know. I'm like, maybe. Maybe there's some orbs in there. I should take a look. In a nearby room used as a study, uh, several of Stevenson's books have been found pulled from the shelves and open to well-worn pages. Mm. No one has reported encounters with Stevenson's apparition, but psychics and ghost hunters who have toured the house have reported bizarre experiences that suggest strong remnants from the 19th century are present at various locations. Looking in a mirror, these visitors have reported seeing visions of the house that has appeared at as it appeared in the 1870s, complete with furniture, curtains, paintings hung on the walls, no longer on display, and people moving around. Woo! Spooky. <laughs> the most active ghost at the Stevenson house may be that of the owner Manuela G um, Giardin, probably Giardin. I don't know how to say that. In 1879, this unfortunate woman lost her husband and spent several weeks nursing her two grandchildren while they suffered from life-threatening fever. This is a very well-known and common story amongst people that live here. Um, though the children survived, Manuela's experience created some intense environmental imprints that have been detected by countless visitors and guides. People often, this is me talking, not the thing I'm reading, but um, they see kids in that yard, like a kid like peeking around the building and then they go and they don't find any kid over there and that's that's a common like thing people report just oh. in the middle of the day try yeah. like seeing a child in there and it doesn't in old-timey clothes yeah like in a white gown oh 
And like, yeah, like like a dressing gown. And uh, they and they said, yeah, it was daughters, right? Isn't that what this said? That they were daughters. Yeah, totally. Her two grandchildren. Oh, I don't know. Doesn't say. But either way, um, you there people will see a child and think like, where's your adult? And then they can't find an adult or a child. <laughs> No. <laughs> yep. No. Yeah. And then many people report seeing an elderly woman on the second floor. This is the one I know about. I, I always look up in the second floor when I walk by. I try to see her. I've never seen her, though. I'm like, I know you're up there. And Ugh. she's often dressed in a long, black, old-fashioned Spanish gown, and she walks the hallway and appears in the nursery. Her lifelike apparition has been seen sitting on the children's bed or standing nearby. Some have noticed a worried expression on her face. One visitor spoke to the woman thinking she was a costumed docent, and the apparition replied in Spanish and then vanished. <laughs> in the nursery, toys and furniture oh, have been seen moving around with invisible hands, and the smell of roses has been d- detected there, too. There are unexplained cold spots, and uh, those usually appear... Uh, in each of the rooms and in the hallway of the second floor. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so that was, you know, uh, there's, yeah. Oh man. There's, there's also just accounts of several other ghosts, um, that people have reported over time. And there's also an, an emotional imprint of someone having their leg amputated with only rum for anesthesia. So there people hear screaming like, like, horrific screaming and oh they believe that's the imprint God. from the amputation Damn. yeah so there was um oh there's there was also a murder on the back stairs a the murder. apparition of a uh, an apparition of a dark-haired woman dressed in white appears with variable strength at time the spirit at times the spirit is completely transparent and partial while some witnesses have reported she appears completely lifelike and reports indicate that a saddle maker who lived in the house murdered her on the back stairs. Audio, yeah. Audio phenomena detected at the site consist of the voices of a man and a woman in a heated argument, which led to speculation that the man killed the young woman when she damned he leave her. Or de- sorry, when she demanded he leave her alone. So Jesus. there you go. <laughs> the yeah then geez there's more oh my god the ghosts of a well-dressed man and woman walking arm in arm toward the house have been seen in the backyard people see people in this place all the time just like people that i know it's it's a total hot spot um and a gardener that worked there once reported that uh, while on his hands and knees working in the garden he noticed a pair of shoes topped with green paints or green pants god i can't <laughs> he noticed a pair of shoes topped with green pants nearby and thinking that someone had entered the garden, he looked up but saw nothing above the apparition's knees. No. <laughs> Ghost feet. Woo! Yeah. Uh. So, I mean, and then, yeah, like, uh, there's also the Casa Munras Hotel, which is, like, right across the street from where I work. Both of these places are right, like, right where I work. And um, Casa Munras um, is just, like, kind of like an honorable mention here because it's just supposed to be really haunted uh, kind of affectionately by the guy that built it, Don Esteban. And the hotel restaurant there is called Esteban after the man who built the uh, hotel. And it's not supposed to be, you know, frightening or destructive paranormal activity, kind of like your ghost. It's just, you know, if, if you want to go have a it's nice there. time with a ghost in a hotel, go to Casa Munres <laughs> and Donna, oh. Don Esteban will... Uh, you know, hang out. I don't know. There's a uh, lights flicker on and off. It says uh, his wife's apparition has been spotted in the second floor hallways and she appears as a short, thin woman dressed in a long black Spanish gown. So another one of those. But yeah, kind of cute. They're they're like right next to each other. So I wanted to 
add that one in there. Okay. Gotta, what else I looked up <laughs> Robert Louis Stevenson House, and it oh, yeah. says it's on Houston Street. But There's then I looked up them. Casa Munris, and then the Stevenson Monterey is right across from Casa Munris. But the Robert this Louis one, Stevenson yeah. House so this one is... that says French Hotel on it is the one on Houston Street. Is that that's the on one? Houston Street? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. No. Yeah, that's it. I feel like I've literally mm-hmm. never been down that street. Oh, like, I've it has, never it has seen this house. California, I think it's actually the oldest bar on the West Coast that's still in operation is also on that street. It's Alfredo's, called Alfredo's. Cantina? Yes, you know. I'm looking at or the map. Or maybe you're just looking at, yeah, no, oh my God. Just that place looking is at the like, map. It is like, it is like a time capsule of the 70s, but like also kind of in a good way, even though it's kind of like, it's just dark at any mm. time of day. It's just a cave. <laughs> and the oh. drinks are like seven bucks. Oh. <laughs> it's just the best. It's a hell of a deal. It's, it's like hard, cheap drinks. <laughs> Very nice. Wow. Yeah. What, they what don't fun. they don't hold back at Alfredo's. Um, so anyway, yeah. Let's I love from, the um, you, I love the brick mm. sidewalk. Oh yeah, that's a uh, original. Uh, Monterey is extremely like let's preserve all of the original historical stuff. Um, there's like a the there's a house in Monterey called the Red House, which is also supposed to be haunted. I'm not going to mention it in this episode. Um, but it has tiles in the ground that were made from whale vertebra. And you can still, like, tell which ones are the whale vertebra because they Whoa. wear differently than the stone tiles. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, because there was so much whaling. They had so many bones. Right. They're like, from the whales it. that they were. Yeah. So they, they put them in the in the ground. We still have Whoa. them. Yeah. That's cool. crazy. Monterey. <laughs> Monterey Bay. Otters play. Uh, you know about that guy. I told you about that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Good times. Oh my god. So, so funny. My next collection of little short stories is about Proctor Valley Road. Um, apparently there are two Proctor Valley Roads, but um at least one of them uh connects Chula Vista, which is in like South County, to Hamul, which is more like east, like east of Chula Vista. And Proctor mm. Valley Road is a dirt road that uh, that connects these two places. And um, for some some sources say like for a century, uh, there have been stories of this. So like there used to be a bunch of cattle ranchers out there, and they would find their cattle mutilated, <laughs> and um, and like they just kept kept getting plucked off and mutilated and so there's like stories of the chupacabra um but then i saw somebody who was like uh yeah that wasn't a chupacabra there was like a homeless family that lived out there and they would just take the cows so that they could survive and i'm like okay maybe or maybe it's a motherfucking chupacabra um there are also mutilated mean i need more details i know i don't have more details that's the thing it's all very vague which also supports the um idea that all of this is made up by teenagers in the 60s because i did see a lot of people who made comments on different websites that told these stories that were like we made that up when we were high uh but it's been funny to see you all believe it and turn it into a big thing but like that's not real um but what if it is real? Because have you ever heard of the concept of a tulpa? Oh, I have. Uh, yeah, that's from Twin Peaks. I know about it from. It's mm. like a. 
It's like a it's like a doppelganger kind of thing, right? It is a concept in theosophy, mysticism, and the paranormal of an object mm. or being that is created through spiritual or mental powers. So it's like it's like you make something up and then you talk about it and you share it and then the more people that <clears throat> believe it and talk about it and give it energy actually bring it to life. Oh wow. That's like they, what a yeah, so they used is. it kind of figuratively in the show. So I appreciate mm. that explanation. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I understand it because um last podcast on the left which I've mentioned here it, that's I think where I first learned about it. Um mm. but uh that that concept also came up when when I was doing um black-eyed children research that like yeah maybe they were made up in 96 or whatever but like it's a tulpa and now they're real because yeah, so many people no, believe yeah. and have told all these stories right? totally which is fascinating but yeah. um but and maybe that's like when they just became part of the awareness exactly right, right. like maybe that's when they started showing up right. like just because exactly. they're not ancient doesn't mean that they're not there right <laughs> right exactly um yeah. but uh but yeah henry from last podcast on the left made up this uh, this Gunjili man and he like made up this whole fucking thing and then and this was like last year or maybe two years ago and then at a certain point he's like I can't say that name anymore like it's becoming real it's a whole fucking thing people are talking about it like I don't want this Gunjili like I don't want him to come up I don't want him to find me like I don't want to like it's too fucking real it's taken on a life of its own this isn't oh funny and like I just thought that that was hilarious and I'm like even if that's a bit like mad respect Henry um so back to Proctor Valley Road so it's basically like a dirt road um, that connects these two areas, and there's not a lot off of it. Like, there's not a lot out there. Um, in addition to the chupacabra, like, mutilated cow situations, essentially, like, all of the ranchers that were out there left. They were like, fuck this. Like, our cows are getting taken. Like, we're not going to ranch out here anymore. Mm, um, yeah. But there were also, like, UFO-type sightings, like lights in the sky, there's also a story of a demon car. So if you're out there in the middle of the night and you're driving down the road, um, first of all, like weird things will happen. So I'm like, I wonder if it's sort of like an energetic vortex situation because like technology will stop working. People's cars will break down. Like you won't be able yeah. to restart your car. Like something bad will happen to you. alien abduction episode, you guys. Yeah, like something bad is going to happen to you if you're out there. So like don't go alone and come oh, with like a way to get out of there or like a way to charge your phone so that you can get out of there. Yeah. Um, but one of the stories, again, is the demon car, which is, like, so Stephen King. But I know, right? <laughs> like, if you're driving along the road, like, you'll see two headlights come up behind you. And no matter how fast you go, they will gain on you. And then they'll be, like, tailing you right on your ass. But there isn't a car behind the lights. It's just pitch oh black God. darkness. Radiohead, karma police. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that reference, but... Probably. Uh, so that's basically, it's like a music video that does that. Oh, well. Exactly. <laughs> was it Stephen King yeah. or was it Proctor Valley Road that inspired that yeah, uh, music video? Go. Who knows? You're right. Um, but it's yeah. a tulpa. <laughs> it's a tulpa. The demon car is a tulpa. Um, but that's like a terrifying, like I would freak out um, if that happened to me. But it will follow Dude, I you. Would, yeah, that's, I would scare the living daylights out of me. It'll follow you until you until you hit the paved road, and then it'll stop. It stops on the, it doesn't go past the dirt road. Ooh, and then maybe it'll when just they disappear. were putting that paved road in, it cleared the energy, the old road, right? And they're right. like, oh, can't go over they're there. Like, Ooh, too much technology. I only work on the, when I'm grounding on the earth. I can't be yep. on the pavement. Yep. Bad vibes on that cement. Um, <laughs> 
Um, there's also a story that like you'll find um, like if you're driving down that road at night, you'll see um, like a woman in a white dress who's like hitchhiking or like a woman in a blue dress who's like curled up in the fetal position like on the side of the road. Whoa. And if you pull Ooh. over to help her um, like oh god damn it what is the story like something bad will happen to you um okay wait the story varies so she's a hitchhiker either in a blue or a white gown some stories say that if you pick her up she will kill you before you get to the end of the road of course other stories state that if you don't pick her up she will kill you before you get to the end of the road kind of damned if you do damned if you don't um the more common version of the of the story describes her as a girl who died in a car accident on prom night now looking for a ride home but other versions of the story have her getting raped and murdered and now trying to find and get vengeance on her killers yet another version of the story refers to her as a prostitute and still others as a part of a cult that wears blue nightgowns (laughs) oh my god in parentheses on this website um what that's some stylish (laughs) cult um, oh my god! She's been described as both a woman all in white and a horribly with a horribly mutilated face, and a woman in blue lying huddled on the road. Who, upon seeing an, the approaching car, began waving her arms to flag down the driver, who of course drove out of there as fast as they could. Um, but perhaps with so many versions, there's more than one ghost. Whoa! Um, let's see. There, there are other ones. Oh, um, it's possible. Oh, oh, like the, uh, the, the like chupacabra thing. There's also a story that it's more like a bovine headed monster that like walks Hmm. on two feet, but like looks like a cow. Um, it's seven feet tall, hairy and (laughs) Bigfoot like, um, maybe like a modern day minotaur hiding on the edges of Chula Vista. Um, supposedly as early as the 1960s which again is when these stoned ass kids were making up stories has been responsible (laughs) for livestock mutilation that occurred within the valley Um, and his giant footprints have even been discovered there is supposedly there is in fact a cast of an 18 inch footprint at the Bonita Museum in Chula Vista Bonita is like down like it's like a neighboring um, little town Mm. But the cast was made by a guy who lived in Alpine. And I was telling you before we started recording, Alpine is more of like a mountain community. It's even, I'm actually not sure where it is in relation to Hamul, but um, it's not, I don't think it, it's, I think it's a little bit further north, like Hamul is south. Um, mm. And the Pacific Crest Trail, it goes through like that Alpine Julian area. Right. Yeah. And, um, and the Viejas Indian tribe has legends of a bigfoot type creature that lived up there and a guy who lived in alpine he was like a scientist or something like that he um kind of like a reclusive little scientist guy i think he became an author i'm only Hmm. recalling this from memory but he is the one who allegedly like saw like had all these sightings of this bigfoot type creature and then actually took the cast of the footprint so Ooh, is it yeah, real? Yeah, seen the cast. Who knows? Oh my god! Um, there's also I only saw this story on this one source, which is weirdcalifornia.com. Um, <laughs> there's also the tale of the Haven Bakery. Um, some people in the comments are like, "There never was a Haven Bakery. There was a restaurant and something else." And da da da. And there's other people that are like, "There was totally a Haven Bakery. Like, what are you talking about?" So. Who knows? Um, yeah. Formerly in Hamul, at the other end of Proctor Valley Road, so the east end, um, but now long gone, 
The bakery was run by a father with a young daughter. One day, the father comes home to the bakery from a business trip and discovers his daughter hanging by her neck from the ceiling in the basement, dead. He snaps and goes completely insane, kills all of his workers in the restaurant, stacking their bodies in the restaurant bathroom, and then hangs himself as well. Before the place was torn down in 2008, it was rumored to have been extremely haunted, particularly the bathroom in the basement. The basement was rumored to contain the ghost of the little girl. Regardless, it was a popular place for high school students to go at night and graffiti. Duh. Oh, my God. Supposedly, the true story is simply that a poor girl fell down the basement stairs and died later at the hospital. But a bakery massacre is much more terrifying. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> they finished, it might now be a Walgreens in Hamul, although no clue if it's still haunted by the ghost of the young girl. Um, and then I copied one of the comments from that story because I thought it was so funny. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> The Haven Bakery in Hamul still stands. Who knows when this is written? Uh, the house is gone, but the barn where the bakery was and the killings happened is on Vista Sage off the 94. My daughter and her family live right up the road from it. A few weeks ago, her and my granddaughter were making a late night visit to the grocery store when they both went silent and looked at each other. A young girl in white was hovering on the side of the road by the Hamul Haven. Oh, you could see right through her. Both of them saw her. She just looked at them for a second and disappeared. No! <laughs> Oh my god. Ah! I love it. Um, <laughs> let's see. The demon car, the bakery. Did we tell all the stories? Oh, yes, another one. I think this is the last mm. one. Okay, so this is like so just like local flavor of an urban legend we've all heard. So, you've all heard the urban legend about the teenage couple parked somewhere remote like the woods, a lake, some isolated road. <clears throat> Parker Valley Road. Um, well, in California, the spot is Proctor Valley Road. Um, in San Diego, let's be real, there's probably more. Uh, the teenage couple goes and parks along Proctor Valley Road, but when it's time to return to civilization, the couple's car breaks down. Either it has a flat tire or simply won't restart. The boy gets out to either investigate or go and help, go and get help, but he never returns. The girl stays inside the car all night, terrified to get out because of the strange scratching noises she hears outside the car. The next day, luckily for her, police find her, but still hiding within the car. Her boyfriend isn't so lucky. He's hanging from a nearby tree, dead, completely torn up, and bloody, swaying back and forth in the wind, his hand causing the scratching noises on the car. A victim of the Proctor Valley monster! You just need to give the monster a hook hand, right? Like, you know, like that story where, like, the hook is on the car. Yeah, totally right. Yeah. Um, But how good is that? Oh, my God. That's a good one. I know. I know. That's so scary. (laughs) That was a good one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I've got. Those are all my Proctor Valley stories. Yeah. Well, I've I've got another little spooky one right here. Again, I walk by this place like every day it's right where i work and live and um disclaimer for this story there is a violence against children that you might not want to hear and i'll I'll give you a little cue before i say it so you can skip it if you don't want to hear it but um this is uh the stokes restaurant and bar which um has been known as different restaurants over time um but it was it was called Stokes Adobe, and then it was called 1833, and now I think it's just called Stokes again. Um, and it's it's always called Stokes because of the story of the uh, Stokes family that lived there and how haunted it is by this family and then other people that subsequently lived there following. And uh, so he had this crazy story 
I mean, this book tells it pretty well, actually, so I'll just I'll just read it. But um, let's see. So this is a large adobe uh, on the corner right by the Monterey Library. Um, and let me see here. So it's uh, it stands today amid a grove of trees that was once the heart of old Monterey. I mean, I suppose it's in a grove of trees that they planted themselves. <laughs> the modern restaurant and crowds of patrons don't detract from the 19th century ambiance, nor have they driven away the many ghosts that haunt this place. Arriving in Monterey in 1834, English sailor James Stokes immediately saw fantastic possibilities for a better life. Snatching the ship's medicine cases and the navigator's fancy coat, he jumped ship and landed in town, introducing himself as Dr. James Stokes. How the fuck do you jump ship with a box of shit and like a jacket and then you're on So land? literally, this is what the book doesn't say, is that back then... <laughs> There was no such thing as, like, having a doctor's license. You just needed the bag because the only way you could get that bag was by being a doctor and, like, putting yourself through medicine school or medical school. And um, so it, but just by having the bag, that's, like, enough proof because back then that stuff wasn't just, like, widely available. It's like the so, badge. Yeah, exactly. So uh, in, this is a small adobe when it first began, and he uh, opened a pharmacy and began treating the townspeople. But remember, this guy's not a doctor. So a uh, lot, like most of the people that went there for his help died there. <laughs> the high death rate didn't detract from his reputation, however. This oh, is a lot of crazy. people be dying back then, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, they were just like, well, didn't make it. You know what? High mm -hmm. chance you're going to die, but at least you tried. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Goddamn. <laughs> Stokes eventually became the personal physician of Mexican governor Jose Figueroa. And Figueroa is a big name around here. Yeah. yeah. In less than a year, the governor was dead. <laughs> but Stokes' medical business continued to thrive. <laughs> Literally how? Pretty you know why? Good. No internet. <laughs> thank why. you internet thank you internet thank you twitter let's put these bitches on blast yes so by 1837 stokes had enough money to buy the house constructed um originally by the days family with his social standing and fortune growing he married uh, a widow Josefa Soda de Cano and moved her and her four children into his house. A few years later, James and Josefa had two children of their own. To accommodate the large family, Stokes added a second floor to the house and the ground floor wing for a large kitchen. And now this is just personal anecdote as well. We have um, so if you know me, my you know my partner is a chef, and we have chef friends. And one of our good chef friends was like uh, the main chef in this big kitchen. And like I used to go into this kitchen all the time. Like, oh. <laughs> like this was just like our our good friend Ben Spungen was uh, totally the wait, chef wait, there. They for... turned this dude's house into a restaurant. It's a yeah, it is. It's been a restaurant now for since like the maybe sixties or seventies. It's it has yeah maybe even earlier than that, but it's been a restaurant for a long time. Mostly because it had like a big giant space. It was like really good for for that, uh, big kitchen. So um, it's funny because I'm like, oh, Stokes actually made that kitchen. I didn't realize that that was I, actually that guy that built I, the kitchen. I also wanted to be like, oh, he's a doctor, and then he added <laughs> another story, so he's a contractor. And he, but like obviously, yeah, right. Know, I know. He paid people <laughs> to do it. Well, we assume he paid people to do yeah. it, but. It's funny to think that yes. he's like, I do whatever I want. I built my totally. house. Totally. Like, I know. Fuck you. No, you didn't. 
<laughs> so apparently a fewer numbers of Stokes patients were dying during this period because his home had become a social center of the town, hosting the annual Cascaron, Cascaron Ball? Cascaron. I don't know what Cascaron. that is. Cascaron Ball, which is staged in Monterey today. I've never heard of it. And I kind lived of here a long time ago. I've been living here a long time. I don't know why I've never heard of this. Anyway, in addition, Stokes became mayor. <laughs> Whoa. This guy kills me. The Stokes's outwardly happy life came to an end in 1855. Now, um, yes, this is where the, the, the dirty part that you might not want to hear is. So uh, ah. skip ahead if you don't want to hear this. So his wife, Josepha, died in the upstairs bedroom. The death must have caused Stokes to go insane because he was caught in the act of violating his daughter the same night. Now, if you know these kinds of crimes, like I know these kinds of crimes, that's giving him way too much credit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that he like went insane and then was like, "Oh, what do I do I'm with gonna all do these this. feelings?" It's more I'm like he was doing that. Assault and my he child. Probably got, he probably got caught, and then she caught him, and then he reacted. Is more like what Yo, I would assume. Oh, good. Call. You know what I mean? That's. Yeah. I mean, I listen to a lot of true crime. I'm like, there. That's the only plausible. Ex- that's all I can. I'm like, they don't just do that once. You know, like he was probably doing it for years. So yeah, I don't think that was a reaction yeah. to his wife dying. Like, what the fuck kind of? Reaction? I think it was the opposite. He lost <laughs> his mind. He yeah. did this crazy thing. Like, that's what you fucking naive, no internet having <laughs> fools think people yeah. do. Because you don't know, first of all, about human psychology. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. She caught him and then he reacted. But then also he further reacted by killing himself uh, beyond that. So he killed her more than likely um, after she caught him doing this horrible act. Yep. And then um, so, you know, and then this is I, I had always heard that he hung himself at the top of the stairs and there's like a big beautiful staircase when you go into this place. It's just like, bam, there's a staircase. What's it called? And. It's called 18, or sorry, no, it used to be called 1833. Now it's called Stokes. Wait, we've been there. Yeah, you Did have. Did we go there? Yes, oh we have. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, oh, my God. Yeah, you and I, I believe, have definitely, yeah. Or you and Jesse might have been there without me and Ron, and we told you to go there. Mm, we, went there, we went there. We went there for Christmas or that's right. Yes. yes. I that's think it was like correct. before we got married. It was possibly. like, yes, that's right. That's right. You guys came and visited. You were driving on the way up and we, you yes. stopped here and we had dinner. That's yes. right. And that's where we had dinner. And you had so duck is- and I tasted duck and was like, oh, this is duck. Yes. It was really good. Mm. So that was when Ben was the chef. Yeah. Ah, yes, like- yes. 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 Oh. So anyway. Um, yes. So, okay. So that was the story, though, is that the guy hung himself at the top of the stairs. But this thing says that he grabbed a bottle of poison and swallowed its contents and died on the floor of the room, which I'm like, I've never heard of. I've, I've never heard that story. Huh. But um, so, you know, believe what you want to believe. Apparently, this guy says he poisoned himself, but everyone in town says he hung himself at the top of the stairs. Wow. <laughs> so the tragic story of natural death followed by suicide. <laughs> I'm like, that's not what it was. <laughs> He's a murderer suicide. That was a murder suicide. That's exactly what that was. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but there are other ghosts there. So in in Josepha's bedroom now, uh, people say that there are a variety of bizarre sounds, um, including several women engaged in animated con- conversation, mm. uh, infants crying, footsteps, slamming doors, the breaking of bottles as they hit the floor. 
Um, when the owners investigate, no explanation can be found. I have known many people to work there, and they report having paranormal experiences. Um, if you go and dine there, the, the waiters usually have a story. It's like mm. it's pretty pretty live spot How for fun. that stuff. Yeah, and it's um. Yeah, I should just keep reading this. I suppose I have my own stories, but this does a good job. I'd so, love to um, hear your own stories. Oh, yeah. Well, um, on occasion, after closing for the night, two workers heard a loud crash from the second floor as if a china cabinet had tipped over. And rushing to the side of the commotion, nothing was out of place. On the first floor, several staff members have been tapped on the shoulder, pushed, and even shaken by strong hands. It's believed that that is Dr. Stokes. In the restaurant, the ghost... Uh, has rearranged table settings and caused a large candelabrum to slide across the piano in front of several astonished witnesses. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The apparition of an elderly woman dressed in an ankle-length skirt has been spotted standing in the loft overlooking the bar. So when, right when you walk in, there's like this uh, lofted, it looks like a balcony inside of the building. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's like when you go up the stairs and there's like rooms up there and there's also a balcony loft looking into the bar. And I have definitely seen someone walking across up there and looked up and there was no one there. Mm. It's like, cause I was like, oh, is there seating up there? And I like looked and thought I saw someone walking across and then I didn't see anyone mm. as I mm. tried to mm. fix my gaze on it. Yep. So I, oh. I've definitely seen something. And um, I've been there when it was quiet and was like, I thought that there were more people there than there actually were. And then when I went upstairs, there was no one up there. It sounded like there were more diners upstairs, but there actually was no one up there. Because oh. <laughs> I asked for a tour of the restaurant. It was like one of the first times I had ever been there. And it's the, the restaurant sounded really full. Mm. And um, at the end, I was like, can I get a tour? I, I just want to see the whole house. And and that's kind of one of the things they offer you when you eat there. They'll give you a tour. That's cool. And uh, when we went upstairs, I expected to see a lot of people dining, and there was no one up there. God it was damn. so crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then there's, there's – I got so many stories like that from other places in California. We got to do more of these. <laughs> I know. Little, haunt, little haunted yeah. shorts. Yes, and so there was also uh, the ghost of Hattie, and that one's very well known, um, that she was a woman, I think she was the last living owner of the house, and um, after she lived in it, then it became a restaurant, Mm. and uh, 1948 was when she died, so I was right, about the 50s, 60s, Mm. it became a restaurant, Mm -hmm. and um, she died in the upstairs, and she's like super friendly, and she was like a, a socialite, and so she always had parties, and people often say they hear the parties, which that could have been what I experienced. I could have Yo. been hearing the party because they're often heard upstairs. Totally. And when I heard this story, I was like, oh, that was Hattie's party. <gasps> like, I probably heard it. Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you did. And so then there's, um, they always put, it, when it was 1833, they put like salt rock candles on the tables to like kind of honor her because she goes around and like moves wine glasses and puts salt in your wine glass to like screw with your wine. Oh. Yeah, she's like mad rude, hottie. I know, I know. So yeah, that's um, and then right across the street from 1833, I like that's my big one. And then here's a little honorable mention that's across the street. Love it. Is <laughs> uh, Colton Hall in jail, which was um, it was the city's or the the state's first capital. Uh, Monterey was the first capital. It was where the Const- uh, California Constitution was signed. It was the oh. first bilingual constitution. It was the first place where women could own property. Oh. Da, 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 California. So, that? yeah. And um, it was also uh, first library on the uh, West Coast. First uh, piano on the West Coast. <laughs> and the post office, too, I think it was Not the first Not San post Francisco? Office. 
No, because San Francisco was um, it was like a port. It was more of like a trading area, and then this was the this was the capital. It was like the yeah the state capital. Wow. So I know, right? Very so anyway, interesting. Super cool. Monterey is super duper old. It's supposed to be where Zorro took place. Disney Zorro. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be in Monterey. <laughs> Disney's Zorro. Yeah, I think it's pretty funny. That Anywho, is funny. So this is the the town hall. It's like this. It's hard to miss. It's that big giant that big giant green grass with the bear statues in it. Mm, probably like seen a, it. Is it a brick building? It's like a yeah. It's like sandstone brick building, Colton Hall, and it's um it's got these like big bears and like these bear statues in the in the front of it and it's uh people get married there and stuff it's super pretty and it's like uh, a block away from yes. my house it's like right there that looks so, uh, colonial as shit yeah and it is uh was first it was just the bottom floor and then they built the floor on top so that the bottom floor could be a school mm. and uh they would hang people because <laughs> the jail was attached to it obviously so hang people off of the front of this building so if you look oh, it up it's like fucker. There's like these like there's like this uh like two staircases up to like this balcony and oh, they're hanging people off of the balcony. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was like they would have to call school off for the days that they would have lynching. <laughs> Dude, just like imagine all the sixth sense kids that are like remember that I scene know. where he's like seeing the people hanging in the school? Right. <gasps> I forgot about the good connection there yeah totally oh i gotta watch that movie again ah, but yeah no it's a good time um, good time for to do sure it. but when you imagine your school days like oh it's like a snow day except it's it's a lynching day no school but you know what i bet the whole fucking family went because that's what people did Probably. they're like that's, yeah that is the what they lynching let's go and totally that's true and so then there was the, the jail is right next to it and usually most days of the week these places are open you can just walk right into them and the upstairs is like it looks like how it looked back then with like people like they just broke for lunch and they were doing some constitutional documents and then they all left real fast. And so that's what they make the room look like. It's cool. And then the jail is you can go into the jail. It's just open like all day. And then they close it in the evening. Open it. It's like the parks kind of thing. And um, they put little like there's like mannequins like people sleeping in there and stuff. It's really worse. Fun. It's super creepy, but there's uh, stories Don't they do of shit like, like that at Alcatraz. Like, oh, yeah, they do absolutely. Yeah, totally. So, like, if you go over to the Colton Hall, like, that's just a spooky area because of the activity that took place there. But the jail itself is said to have paranormal activity, where people um, hear people like kind of. Uh, shuffling around in the cells or like banging on the bars and then people often can smell like a homeless odor like a like a really like dirty 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 individual yeah like they'll it won't be there and then when they're leaving they'll smell it yeah Yeah. and then it's like you know it's downtown so like that odor isn't totally not present just regularly you know it's a downtown area but it's also like what is that? I've I've smelled it, mm, dude. Literally, like the next yeah. time that we come up, I really want to just like go to the. Yeah, I'll open take you. I'll take you all places. the places. It's so fun. Sounds like a really fun yeah. time. Oh my gosh, how totally. scary! I like it's super spooky. It's interesting, like to drive around that area and like, you know, usually I'm like on a mission. I'm in Monterey for a reason. I'm doing something, and so I'm just like focused on what I'm doing, and I'm not like check out Monterey I'm not like Mm. oh all these things are super old like why don't we Mm -hmm. go pop around you know I never it's like as as good as you can get to like European oldness but like nowhere near that it's like this is as good as it gets on the west coast (laughs) for sure 
yeah <laughs> that makes a lot of sense oh man how mm-hmm. fun i want to do that so you got another one right i do the yes. last story do dun, it done okay so the last the last story uh, couple stories um it's about the villa montezuma so the villa montezuma is like a mansion that was built in the 1800s um i think it's called like in the queen anne style it just looks like very Mm -hmm. like victorian Mm -hmm. um it's also also has like russian vibes it's like a like a brick red and like an olive green and has like a bunch of stained glass um but it's in the Queen Anne style. It looks nothing like anything else in the area. Um, basically, in um, 1887, I want to say, um, the High Brothers, uh, who were, they were wealthy ranchers, the High Brothers. Um, and this was like the time when in San Diego, Newtown was a thing, which is the gas lamp quarter now. So, like, mm. in the 1850s, I want to say, the Whaley House, which is in Old Town, San Diego, was built. And the Whaley House was sort of, like, the center of town. The Whaley House is also, like, allegedly one of America's most haunted homes. I've been there. Mm. Um, I just felt like all the ghost stories were boring, so I didn't want to talk about it. Um <laughs> And, um, but, like, Old Town was, like, the, like, that was a general store. Uh, There, like, all these things happened in Old Town. And then in the 1880s, um, everything kind of shifted to Newtown, which, again, Mm -hmm. is now, like, the downtown gas lamp quarter area. And um, the High Brothers were these, like, wealthy ranchers who were kind of a part of building up this, like, new community. And they convinced this guy, Jesse Shepard, um, who was a like renowned pianist to move to San Diego. And so mm. I ended up going to this house um, like in April maybe um, on like a ghost tour for my sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. And it was just like one of the stops on this tour. And it was really cool. I had like seen this place and been like, what the fuck is that? Like that is a weird like suit like just looks so different from everything else it's kind of like up on the hill from downtown which like downtown is obviously now more of a built-up thing and it's in this like old neighborhood called sherman heights Mm. um and uh so like when the way that the woman who kind of gave us like the little it wasn't like a real tour but it was like she told us a story and she brought us into like one of the rooms of the house which was his music room where he would do seances this guy jesse shepherd he was a spiritualist um the way that she like or the way that i remember her telling the story was that um the high brothers like convinced him to to jesse shepherd to move to san diego And, like, maybe I am remembering it wrong, but I thought that it was that they were, like, come, like, we want to, we want to, like, attract high society and, like, the arts and all these things to San Diego. Like, it's a growing community. It's booming. We want people to, like, see that there are cool things happening here. Like, come here and, like, be a part of the attraction and, like, we'll build this house for you. Like, whatever you want. Like, you design it. And, um... And, like, you know, we can make it as, like, grand and amazing as possible. And uh, so he, like, hired these architects to build this house for, like, $19,000. 
um, which is like so much money at the cool. time. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, I wish. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then another $7,000 for the stained glass windows. The st- stained glass windows are insane. Like they're, they are, they look like paintings. They are oh, wow. so wild. Um, and on the website, villamontezumamuseum.org, because it's a museum now, um, yeah. it says that the villa was, it was completed in 1887 and it was given to Jesse. Like he didn't pay for it. It was given to him. Oh, but geez. I ended up listening to um, like a version of this story on um, Scare- the Scared to Death podcast which mm. I had never heard before, but I had heard yeah. of it. Super fun. I really, oh cool. I really like them. So if you guys like, you know, like s- scary things, like Scared to Death is, seems to be a really fun show. Um, Check the show notes. Yes, but the way that they talked about it was that, um, like, that he, like, that Jesse, like, manipulated these brothers into, uh, like doing things for him um which i just thought was so interesting and yeah and and so like people have also been wondering like since he came to and and also like jesse knew these brothers through the spiritualist movement like through some group Mm. that they were all a part of and so they're like cool like you're gonna bring music you're gonna bring high society you're gonna bring seances like it was the 1880s people (laughs) were high society seance people were so into the spiritualist movement though like this was like we talked about this in our ouija board episode um like it was it was the jam it was like cool shit back then and Mm -hmm. um and people have been wondering if Jesse brought some sort of darkness that he attained through his spiritualist dabblings with him when, we, when he moved into that house up on the hill. And so it's like Ooh. up on this hill when it was built, it was literally the only thing there. Like they show pictures of it at the villa. It's like this mansion on a hill, literally nothing else. The rest of town was like way down the road. So there was like no running water, like all these things that they didn't <laughs> have at the time. Um, but... Um, according to John Hyde's grandson, um, the High Brothers sold Jesse his house for far less than it was worth. But, like, Mm. again, I heard that it was given to him. So, why would they sell it to him for far less than it was worth? Uh, was it out of friendship? Or was it, as John Hyde's grandson later claimed, because, uh, Jesse Shepard used some dark arts to trick them? His grandson once asked him about it, and John replied, son, it was hypnotism and nothing else. That man had us so hypnotized that we would have done anything under heaven he told us to do. Oh, my God. I'm like, that's not even how hypnotism works, but... That's also true. That's fine. Like, just so you guys know, you can't be, like, unwillingly hypnotized, and you can't... You're not going to, like, do things that you don't want to do, like... That's something else, but that's not hypnotism. Oh my god! Um, so so Jesse moves in and he starts like hosting these insane seances, and he was like a really big man. I guess his hands were massive, so he could cover an octave and a half on the piano, so Woo. he could like play like he was a really insane pianist and could play like all these things because he could cover so much. Um, room on the piano he also had this ability and i don't know what it's called but the woman at when we did the tour told us he you can um someone who can like sing with two voices like harmonize with themselves oh he had like a like how like freddie mercury could like and how like uh what is it to be in throat singers or whatever they can create two tones yes yes yeah so he was able to do that um that's crazy and so um 
basically like he started hosting these seances and it quickly became like a really hot attraction like people wanted to come check it out like participate see his beautiful home and like participate Mm -hmm. in his seances and he would have guests circle around him and we were there at night like at dusk and so um he would have and we were in the music room and they had a piano in there and there's like every single window is stained glass in that room and it's like so so opulent like uh, it's it's an insanely gorgeous home you should look up pictures Mm -hmm. um i want to see it but uh he would have his uh, – he only had candlelight, so, like, that's the type of lighting that they had in the room. But it's, like, the mm-hmm. the dusk, like, the light outside, like, lit up the stained glass windows in this, like – it was just really, like, magical sort of way. So he would yeah. host these at night in this darkened room. He would only have candles, and his guests would be in a circle around him on the piano, and he would, like, go into this trance – and, like, he only spoke English and French, um, but, like, he would start playing. It was, like, it was like the music was his tool for connecting with the other side. Da, 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 do, and he would start channeling <laughs> other composers. So, like, he could play all these insane uh, things. But he would say that he was, like, channeling these other composers, and he would play the Egyptian March, which is, like, uh, a, apparently some, like, you know, big, like, orchestra level song but like he made it sound like there was an orchestra just with his playing and with his voice Mm -hmm. and um but he would Mm. he would like channel people and like speak in Swedish or speak in German like he would end up Mm. speaking these other languages that like he allegedly Mm. didn't know how to speak allegedly allegedly (laughs) um and like and so like in this darkened room he would start playing the first notes and like the lights would flicker in the corners of the room Mm. and it was like was it a trick or did he actually as he claimed channel history's composers like was he really tuning into the other side and it's interesting because like the woman who was kind of giving us the information about the house was so reverent like the people who run this house (laughs) it's like a small group and they are so like this was amazing and he was amazing and he could do these <laughs> things and like he had a gift and it. he could do this and that and da 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 um well they gotta sell it you know sell yeah it. totally they sell like the shit out of it but it's so that. funny because like <laughs> then you hear like other people's stories and they're like this guy was a swindler he fucking totally screwed them um and then basically <laughs> after he was there for only two years he um left and sold the mansion to somebody else in 1989 um, two actually, years in that opulence is just too much, I guess. It's Jeez. Too many. You can't live too, your life out in that. Too, too many. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so let's see. Uh, it was re- in the fall of 88, he mortgages the villa and goes to Paris to publish his first book. Then in 89, he comes back to San Diego, prepares to sell the villa and return to Europe. He sells it to David D. Dare, who's a banker and a con artist, for $29,000. Um, gives half the proceeds back to the High Brothers, even though he didn't have to give any funds, according to the website of the museum. Um, <laughs> also, like, because they were saying, like, oh, San Diego's going to boom. It's going to be amazing. But then it totally right. didn't. It fully did not. Oh. And so, like, the the things that they thought were going to happen didn't happen at all. So everyone's like, hmm. peace out. We don't want to be here. There's nothing here for San us. Diego. San Diego. And so <laughs> he left. Um then dare only had the house for like a couple years sells it to another guy but like basically for decades 
the hand the house just like passed hands and the people who owned it would only own it for a couple years before either there was like a major illness or financial ruin and Ooh, jinx, jinx yeah house. exactly so it's like oh like did all the spiritualism going on in there or maybe all the shysting going on in there right like does it juju. does it attract shysty people <laughs> does it have shysty energy like it's chicken and the egg situation right. um but essentially it kind of changes hands a lot and then a couple um mr and mrs yeager uh like bought the villa so Mrs. Yeager had been a silent film actress and Mr. Yeager had been a retired engineer and mm. uh, or had been an engineer who was retired. And then when he died, um, she was still there, but she kind of like lost her mind a little bit and she Ooh. would be found like wandering outside the home, like on the streets and um, like looking for her husband and people would yeah. be and she'd be like, oh, have you seen my husband? And they're like, no, like, can I call somebody for you? Can I help you? And then they would, like, see her, like, have a gun in her hand. Oh, my God. That went from sad to scary real fast. Yeah, dude. Terrifying. <laughs> and, so, and so then basically, like, the city takes over the, um, like, takes over the, the house. Um, like, the historical society purchases the villa to turn it into a museum. And then... Um, blah 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 essentially like they were like oh we're gonna we're gonna like restore it we're gonna host all these like events and parties and weddings and like they did do that but then it uh it kind of like got dilapidated and or it was pretty dilapidated by that point mm. and um and so they needed to restore it and then just kind of like nobody was in it for a long time and hmm. that's where this spooky story comes in um also oh. before we get to that spooky story because this guy was dead by then um in 1927, uh, Jesse Shepard uh, was playing piano at, like, his friend's house. He basically, like, died a poor man um, <laughs> and had, like, some friend that was, like, relying on him or that he was relying on to, like, not live in the streets. So he was, like, playing piano, like, uh, somewhere in L.A. And he... Typical musician. Yeah. He played the last <laughs> note and then he died. Oh, like at his piano. Tiny Tim T tiptoe through the tulips. Oh, did that happen to him? He died on stage from a heart attack. He like <gasps> finished the song and then dropped dead. He like blew a kiss and dropped dead on stage. Oh my yeah. god. You didn't know that? Exactly Ooh. like Tiny Tim. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, which is so fascinating. And I also think that the woman who gave us this little tour um said that he predicted that. Eww. But I could be wrong. I could be making that up. Um, mm. so that guy died and yeah. then, um, so like the house was kind of empty or like, it, again, like it would pass through hands. And so there was this, um, one visitor whose father grew up on Market Street, which is nearby. And, mm -hmm. um, she was a teenager, like in the sixties and she would, uh, she was just like interested in the house. Like it was weird. It was like so different than the other homes. Like you can tell that it's an old neighborhood, um, because mm -hmm. of the homes, they're so different than, like, the rest of San Diego. Um, but they're nothing like this mansion. And so every, like, year or two, she would, like, go knock on the door and just, like, see if she could get a tour of the house. And, like, sometimes people would let her in. And sometimes they'd be like, no, I don't have time for you. Like, go away. And then one time she drove over there. She, like, had just gotten her license or something. She drove over to the mm -hmm. house, knocks on the door to see if she could get a tour around. And... Um, a strange man answered and welcomed her inside 
He was in a long white robe and offered to give her an extensive tour around. Uh, she recalled that there wasn't a sign posted with hours or a name of the business outside. So she was like, oh, they do tours. Like, what's the deal? And she's like, whatever. I want to see the house. Like, I'm super interested. I don't I don't even care if this is official. So she mm. goes inside. The man led her into an ornate room, which like literally everything that I saw in this house, which was really only like the foyer, another little entry room, and then like the music room. Like everything mm. is ornate. It's all like beautiful wood, like super opulent um yeah and so like she goes in like the guy like leads her into this beautiful room or not like doesn't even lead her in he just like steps aside she comes into this beautiful room and then like in the distance she hears like organ music playing and she thinks like well like this guy hasn't even moved at all and i don't think that he like i don't think that he went and put a record on like he's literally stepped aside that's as far as he's gone and um and she realized that uh like again he hadn't done anything and he goes ah jesse's playing again and uh and then he told her that he was working on something in the backyard and she was welcome to take a look around on the first floor on her own like wander around do your thing she was creeped out but obviously super curious um so she decided (laughs) to like she kind of like made her way through the first floor like into some of the first floor bedrooms but there was like too many bedrooms like so many bedrooms for the first floor winchester style totally that's exactly what i was thinking (laughs) um and strangely some of the beds in the bedrooms had depressions on the top sheet of the bed like that were in the shape of a body where the covers weren't dusty and um she she wondered how somebody could lay down and get a horizontal impression of the body without disturbing like the rest of the dust in the room. It was just like somebody had just like descended Floated onto the bed. Down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, "That's pretty freaky." And yeah. um, or maybe so- no dust falls over where that body lays. Oh, so <laughs> spooky. <laughs> Um, so she went to shut the door. She was all freaked out. And then she reached for, um, or when she, when she reached for the doorknob, she saw in her peripheral vision, vision that something moved and there was a rocking chair that had begun to rock back and forth and back and forth on its own. Uh, and as she watched it, it stopped abruptly as if someone had gotten up and walked away. She's all freaked out. She walks down the hall to the music room where Jesse held all of his seances or that's where she thought that she was going because uh, she, like, she realized that she, like, kept getting disoriented. It was, like, every time that she turned to go somewhere else, Winchester. she, like, she ended up back at the place that she, like, had already been. So she's, like, what the? Yeah. But, like, I've been to this house and, like, and I'm doing a tour on Sunday, like, a full-on tour, not just, like, a little Fun. a little blip of a tour. Yeah. Um, But, like, it's not that big. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. It's like that shouldn't happen. Exactly. So it's like you're in this like twilight zone, like creepy Mm -hmm. situation. Um, And uh, so she's like keeps ending up like where she already came from. And she's just like, what the fuck is happening? And she found herself looking at a set of stairs that she presumed led down to the basement. And then she heard a voice in her ear saying, I wouldn't go down there if I were you. She turned and saw it was the old man who had let her in. How did you get Mm. here so fast? She asked. I didn't hear you coming. He smiled and said, secret tunnels, which I have heard there are a bunch of, like, <laughs> secret passages so that you can, like, get to different parts of the house yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. fucking Winchester Mystery House. Oh, my God. Right. Um, and, uh, and he had such a strange look in his eye that she couldn't tell if he was joking about the tunnels. Oh, she glanced yeah. back down at the basement as he said, nothing interesting in there, just storage. 
and she nodded and made an excuse to leave and eventually found the front door like she's just like like goes on the hallway is like trying to find it finally comes to the front door she wrenches the door open um gets outside goes down to her car and uh once she gets to her car she glances back and looks at the house and to see the man suddenly looking at her from an upstairs window and she's like, there had there was not enough time for him to get up there. Like, how the fuck did he do that? Secret tunnels. Dude, exactly. <laughs> um, and she was so freaked out that when she got home, she called the San Diego City Hall and inquired about the ownership of the Villa Montezuma. And they said, to the best of their knowledge, the house was up for sale and had been vacant for at least a year. No. 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 Mm, no. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I love it. That's my yeah. favorite. <laughs> yeah. So that's amazing. Um, very spooky things. Yes. Also, again, I'm doing a tour. It's only fifteen dollars, dude. Um, I want to go. Yeah, I gotta visit you. I know. Go so, do all that stuff. I know. It'll be really fun. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. really excited because we're gonna do a tour of the entire place, and that's I'm going so with cool. my friend who like can fully uh, like see ghosts and can also see people's auras. Yeah, and I'm just oh like God. I'm I'm excited to go with her because I'm like I want to know what you sense. Totally. So like keep oh yourself open, but like protected, and also just like tell yeah, me everything yeah, yeah, that you yeah. experience. Yeah, um, we gotta we gotta do another episode because I got a good one. I got a a real life like good one that's like up in the San Jose mountains that ooh, I went and did. Yeah, and I'm not gonna say anything right now because it is like my best ghost story. Oh. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, yeah, I, um, we'll maybe, maybe we'll do another bonus episode for we actual Halloween. It. Oh, but there yeah, were also yeah, other yeah. stories about, like, somebody apparently, like, killed themselves in the villa, Ooh. and, um, like, some unknown person hung themselves, and so you'll see his, um, like, <clears throat> you'll see him, like, hanging in a window, uh, like, from outside, mm. or, like, people uh. who go there together will, like, like be looking at each other and like waving through the windows and then they'll see like a shadow person go behind their friend who's like inside the house um or there's okay so this confuses me because i don't know if this is it says like one window has more activity than the rest and i don't Mm -hmm. know if it is a stained glass window i'm just guessing that it is um Mm. but it depicts an early 17th century flemish painter paul peter rubens who i mentioned earlier um, visitors have seen his beard, uh, like basically like when you first see him, he looks young. And then when you look away and look back, his beard becomes gray. His eyes have sunken into his skull and his skin looks yellow. So it's like, hey, he like, it's like ate, the like, Disney thing. Uh, it's, it's like Dorian Mansion. Gray almost or, or oh, something Dorian like Gray, that. that's better than Disney's Haunted Mansion. Good one. Uh, <laughs> it's like Disney's Haunted Mansion, the ride. Uh, a classic. I mean, it is a classic, but, but yeah, how spooky is that? Like, and so, Ooh, yeah, it. I'm just, I'm like so curious. And I'm also so curious good. to see like, because you just like text a number and are like, hey, I'd like to book a tour for this time. And they're like, mm. perfect. Yes. It's $15. Don't wear shoes with heels. Whatever. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And so I'm like, I wonder if it's just going to be the two of us. And That'll be even I wonder, better. Like, how many, like, if there's going to be, like, we can ask, like, what have been your spooky experiences? Ah, have a little one-on-one time with the docent. Oh, that's gonna be cool. Yeah, we gotta come. We'll we'll like do. We'll a, do like a, a follow up, reporting we'll, back. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. Exactly. So, uh, I, I'm excited. So that's rad. That's all of our ghost I stories, right? That's a good one. Well, I got a couple more. Oh yes, woohoo! <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna wrap it up. So, um, 
This is the ghost of the murderer. And it's also the this ghost house of is the a, murderer. It's like the most vague name. I know. I know. It is the ghost of the murderer. Who did he murder? People. Whatever. Shut up. Don't ask questions. Yeah. Why is he the ghost? Uh, right. <laughs> But yeah, so this place is right up the street from California's oldest theater, which is right across the street from Casa del Oro, which we mentioned earlier. But of course. And uh, California's oldest theater has whale vertebra in the front of it, too, but as like pillars, like for oh. the fencing. And it's also a very haunted building. People see people in the windows. It used to be a bar in the 70s and 80s, and then it kind of was like not earthquake safe anymore. So now it's like you can't enter it. People do maintain it, and it is like a public garden you can go into. Yeah. But so the the theater is there. It's like a known garden. It's really nice and fun to enjoy. And um, it's it's supposed to they're supposed to be uh, benignly haunted, like by just uh, the people that used to do all of the theater there, and the sure. guy that built it, whose name was Jack Swan. Apparently, <gasps> Jack Swan. you'll see him in the windows and things like that. So that's a little again honorable mention down the street from the real spooky haunting. And I guess this is called the Perry Downer House. Perry Downer. I've always just known it as the Perry House. Oh. It's a it's a yellow like a better yellow house. It looks kind of like a like a newer style Victorian. This is uh what does it say? It says it's a uh, wood frame Victorian house built in 1860. So maybe I'm maybe it's not newer style. Maybe I just I'm so used to seeing Victorian houses in <laughs> Pacific Grove. So um, you know it's like pretty modern <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, and it was, yeah, by the whaling, it was uh, built in 1860 by the whaling ship Captain Manuel Perry. Um, and it's perched above old Monterey. And now it's like a, an event space. You can, yeah, like, I'm seeing a lot it. of wedding photos. Yeah, yeah. And, like, um, they have a piano there. So I almost booked it for, like, a recital. But it's, like, way too expensive. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's um, it's a really beautiful building. And I, I walk my dog by it. It's kind of, it's down by the wharf. So I don't go by this one as often. But um, descendants of the Perry family remodeled the house in 1910 by elevating the single-story home and adding a new ground floor. By the 1920s, the place had been sold and opened as a boarding house. One of the boarders was a popular young woman who enjoyed spending evenings away from her jealous boyfriend <laughs> socializing with men who were passing through Monterey. <laughs> I wonder why he's jealous. You fucking know. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, One you're so jealous. I'm going to hang out with these men. I know, right? Fuck you. You're not solving the problem. You need to chill out, guy. I'm going to go over here with these strangers. Dudes. <laughs> totally, that are just passing through. Just these, yeah. these vagrants. Yeah, Anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> One night, while the woman was dressing for the evening, the boyfriend stormed through the front door of the house, raced up the stairs, and stopped her from leaving the room. In a jealous rage, the man strangled her. Ooh. Oh. So, you know, he was probably a bit of an asshole, too, which is probably why she was stepping out. Yeah. No one's In, saying he was yeah. good. No, we're not. We're it's just too bad a, people. It's a toxic situation. <laughs> it's a very, uh, it's a very like Johnny Depp, Amber Heard situation. Toxic on both sides. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> totally. Not good. No one's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So in 1966, after major renovations by Webster and Marguerite, Marguerite Downer, Stories of bizarre experiences began to circulate around Monterey. In one of the second floor bedrooms, doors slam shut and a suffocating atmosphere overwhelms some visitors. One person reported that she felt an unseen entity chase her from the room and down the stairs. 
When paranormal experts began looking into the story, they anticipated finding a female ghost. Instead, the ghost they encountered was a male and quite belligerent. Apparently, this fellow doesn't want anyone investigating the scene of his crime. Still seething with jealous rage and unaware of his death, he may be waiting for his girlfriend to return to the room so he can attack her. Ah! Oh my god, do people stand And then he attacks you instead. I mean, I don't know. Oh, There may be uh, other ghosts in this charming house. Uh, A historic costume collection maintained by the Monterey History and Art Association uh, may have a few spirits attached to them. So they think there are some haunted relics in the house that have been placed there by the Mm -hmm. Monterey History and Art Association. Mm. Um, But that's uh, the murder. And then, oh, yeah. So this is something I know. I don't know why it's not in this book. So if you see a picture of it, there's like this kind of... um, like it's like a bay window corner of the house, kind of like you could call it like a spire or yes. a tower, but it's not. It's like a little too windowy for that. Yes. It's like, yeah. So it's like a bay window, like bottom and top floor. And in the top one, you're supposed to see a red light at night, and that's her. Oh. So there, yeah. So some people say there's like you'll you'll see like a red glow in the window. No. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's I don't a, like that's it. My, my addition to that. And then, of course, there's the Monterey Custom House, which I said has dead bodies in it. Which so nuts. I don't remember the whole story behind that. So, I mean, I'm just going to throw this one in here, too, because why not? Why not? Um, so this was um, built of adobe in 1821. So all of these are, are all newer than that that Spanish cathedral. 1770, man. Old, old stuff. Anyhow. Quite um, old. Yes. The Custom House of 1821 sits at the foot of the Fisherman's Wharf, overlooking the former anchorage for sailing ships from Spain, Portugal, England, Mexico, and the American East Coast. After the arduous passing around Cape Horn, many ships arrived in need of repairs and with crews decimated by illness. To ship captains and exhausted crews, dropping anchor in the still waters of Monterey was a sign of salvation. Mm. So remember, Monterey is a bay, so it's actually... Very tranquil. Yes. Except if you're over on Monterey Del Monte Beach. Monterey <laughs> Bay. That's why the otters Car- can yeah. play. Because they have 100%. Because it's mellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cargoes, <laughs> cargoes of clothing, furniture, machinery, medicine, newspapers, and mail were eagerly awaited and vital to the welfare of the community. All of these items were hauled ashore, inspected, and taxed at the custom house before merchants could move them to their stores for sale. Often, valuable goods were sold to excited customers and wagons rolled away from the custom house. Now, uh, the other thing about the custom house that, as I don't think mentioned here is that it also used to be a an immigration port it was uh, all of the asia of the japanese immigrants all of the asian immigrants coming from that side of the ocean our side of the ocean that's where they went through um so the custom house continued to serve as the hub of commerce in california until 1860 throughout the remainder of the 19th century and the first decades of the 20th century the place was rented to various entrepreneurs for use as a warehouse, store, meeting hall, or residence. The residents of the place whose names are lost to history could be the basis of reports for ghostly activities. This is what I've heard. Mm. Among the clamor reported by visitors are footsteps, deafening rattles, wishing sounds. Wait, what? Wishing sounds emanating from the thick not, adobe walls. Not like wishing? So it says, I'm, I wonder if they mean wishing. <laughs> yeah. It's wishing. <laughs> And creaking doors. In addition, several intense cold spots tend to move room to room. Apparitions include a Mexican man and a boy who have conveyed through fits, through psychics that they were murdered in the building. 
The man has complained to living persons that he was killed for his gold and buried. And there is a whole thing about how there's supposed to be treasure in this building. Like, with, in, in the treasure. walls with these bodies. With the boy. Oh, let me see. So, the man... Uh, yes, sorry. So, uh, the man has complained to living persons that he was killed for his gold and buried. Um with the boy who was also murdered near the stairs leading to the tower. And if you look at the building, there's a tower on either side. So I don't know which one they're talking about. There's, it's identical on like the east side and the west side. So mm -hmm. I don't know which one it is. Mm -hmm. um, excavation of the spot did not uncover graves or treasure, <laughs> but it's possible the bodies were placed elsewhere under the floor or later moved by criminals to avoid prosecution for murder. And so that's what I've heard, too, is that his ghost will try to tell you where the body and the treasure is. So, like, that's <laughs> if you're a treasure hunter, try to learn how to talk to ghosts and you can maybe get something out of that. So if you're a treasure hunter, you should also become a ghost hunter. And then maybe you can use both of these interests to find the treasure. Yeah. And put the it's ghost local, to rest. Yeah. <laughs> right? Hey, dude, you get one one for him, one for you. <laughs> two birds, one seed, as my friend likes it. to say, because two birds, one stone is a little violent, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Locals believe this man still haunts the custom house, awaiting the help of someone who would find his grave and give him a proper burial. Over the past 50 years, reports have resurfaced um, in the local newspaper and magazines about ghosts trying to rid the place of residents. In the 1930s, a resident claimed he was tossed out of bed three times in one night by spirits who did not want him there. Guess who Some wouldn't ghosts... be getting back in the bed? Oh my fucking God. <laughs> I know. Find like a three... new bed, bro. <laughs> three times. Oh God, a second time? Well, surely it won't happen again. <laughs> Did you sleep oh in that fucking bed another night, you fucking clown? What the hell? <laughs> Happens to me you once, know. I'm out. See ya. God, oh my god. Damn. Totally. So some ghosts express their displeasure with tourists by creating areas of or cells of cold air or thick atmosphere that that lend to a sense of foreboding. Ah. Um the custom house may be occupied by several other lost souls who died thousands of miles from home in a country that was, at the time, on the other side of the world. At various times, the building served as a clinic for sick seamen and the Monterey's citizens during epidemics. Okay, that's just a fun sentence. Um, so yeah, it was a clinic for people that were sick during epidemics and for seamen coming in from port. Okay, we got it. Today, the custom house is a popular tourist destination. It's a good place for for people to hunt ghosts, especially in the morning before sightseers arrive. And uh, that's, uh, yeah, I think about what all of this is saying here. Um, archaeological excavations performed in 1991 discovered foundations of structures predating the custom house. Ooh, so maybe older things that we don't know about. Oh, <laughs> maybe that's in the guy factor. who tossed the guy out of the bed. Yeah, ooh, spooky. Um, in fact, there may have been at least two previous structures erected by the Spanish military to protect the harbor. Um, I have, con this is the writing, the person writing this says, I have contacted a number of people involved in the excavation and inquired about variables that might have been, or valuables that might have been found. On every occasion, I was told that no information was available about gold coins or currency that may have been discovered at the site. I encountered the same story when I researched uh, rumors of the treasure in the Blue Wing in Sonoma. So I guess um, this guy is trying to say that maybe maybe there has been found treasure, but they won't tell you about it. So uh, why? 
Because they want to keep it for themselves. That's oh, like treasure? Super. He, here? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No one yeah. ever found treasure here. 100%. And not even us. So, you know. Especially not yeah. us. Totally. So, so if you ever come to, to Monterey, there's all these places you can see. I'll take pictures and put them on Instagram for you guys. But also the old Monterey Hotel. Uh, it's super duper haunted. 1904 landmark. Uh, there's a lot of spooky stories in that hotel. It's a hotel. You know, it's like... There's going to be a lot of activity and a lot of people witnessing it because a lot of people stay in the hotel. Oh. But um, Cannery Row is supposed to be super haunted. Doc Ricketts Lab. Um, there's like a, Doc a liquor lab. store. Um, so Doc Ricketts was like, a, I think he was a marine biologist. That was uh, kind of like the the guy that was the, the man about town during the Cannery Row era. Oh. Uh, Steinbeck's Cannery Row era. And yes. so he was like much beloved guy. Uh, there used to be train tracks that ran over by Cannery Row and um, at this one intersection that I used to drive and sit at every day when I was going to teach at this one school um, is where he died. <laughs> Struck by a train. Oh, God. Yeah. In his car. I guess he couldn't like react or something and he that happened. So the aquarium is also haunted by cannery workers who died in the factory. Um, Dude, you know, that doesn't surprise me. Of, also, imagine yeah, how many fish have died there. Lighthouse. Probably a lot yeah, of Yeah, right? Fish ghosts. I believe that. La Playa Hotel in Carmel, you know, is artist community is Carmel. So there's supposed to be art ghosts there. Art there's ghosts. just so many. So many. The Tor House, of course, like I said, the San Carlos de Borromeo um, in, was uh, your old hotel haunted. haunted? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just like such a, it's like there's always people in hotels. So it's like you forget that, like, that's what you're experiencing because you're just so used to, like, people moving around. Mm. But uh, there, I worked a couple times, um, a couple different hotels in Carmel where, like, this one bed and breakfast I worked at, it wasn't the the super fancy one. It was this other one that I worked at. It was, like, I would be the only one there late at night and there was a staircase right in front of me and I'd always see feet walking down that staircase and no one there. It was just like another like you know how you're like you're like working so you're kind of like you're you're like waiting to see your guests and like you know anticipate the guests coming down the stairs. Yeah. And so it's like I would see feet and go like okay I gotta like you know be lively for the guests. Get it together. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And uh, there would be no one there. So yeah, and then in the in the fancy hotel I worked at, there was like, you you would just hear sounds of people above you, and then you would just think that there was someone in the room, and then later you'd realize no one had booked the room that night, and it was just yeah, it was pretty like, just common like oh just people moving around because it's a hotel, and then that hotel I used to work in used to be an apartment complex, in like the twenties. So what a cute little apartment complex. Oh, I know. I know it was an artist's common kind of thing of course of course it was so yeah so we've got so many more spooky stories we could share with you guys so just consider this a part one yeah part (laughs) one and then uh part however many we feel like is gonna be yeah coming your way and maybe we'll do another super fun bonus episode yeah we want to bonus it out for for halloween you know yeah, we took our break, and I guess we're just chomping at the bit now. All we want to do is work. <clears throat> Give me research. I love homework, and um, clearly I have no problems with that. Never running so behind good. or doing it right before we record. I don't do that. Hey, you know, if you know what you're interested in, it's kind of like it's easy. Together. 
Yeah. Cool, guys. Well, check the Instagram for any pictures of yes. all the stuff. Yes. And um, we're going to be doing all kinds of other fun linking down in the, the show notes here for anything we mentioned. Yes. Uh, all, you'll find all of our sources. And also, if you have a ghost story that you want to share, send us a DM on Instagram. Send us an email. Mm-hmm. Give us a local story, you guys. Yeah, Tell local, us a story. Wherever you are. Is that Lexington, Lexington Kentucky? Well, then we want to hear about it. Uh, heck yeah. I'd Is be it so a surprised. Bonners Ferry, Idaho? Let's do it. Let's go there. <laughs> We want to hear. Um, or if there's any us. other topics that you want to hear us uh, do an episode about this season, let us know. Um, Shoot us a DM on Instagram. Yeah. And at spiritual.spectrum.pod. Yes. Yes. Do that. Send us an email. I think it's spiritualspectrumpodcast at gmail.com. You super duper got that. And, um, you know, if you like the show, tell a friend. Um, leave a rating. Yeah, leave a leave a five star review on whatever platform that you listen to us on. It's yeah. very helpful. Helps people find us. This is what I've heard other people say. I have no idea if that's yeah. gonna work for us. But we'll yeah, I mean the algorithm. It's like we'll we'll make our ritual sacrifice and yeah. pray for the full moon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got a full moon coming right up. Um, no, but you know, help us out, and uh, we appreciate you. Thanks for listening, and we will see Heck you yeah. next week. Oh, look we at will. us. Bonus. Bonus. Ba, ba, All ba, right, ba, guys. Bonus. Okay. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next time. The Spiritual Spectrum is an original podcast created by Taylor Whitmer, produced by Elena Music. You can send your connections to the show to spiritualspectrumpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to include you in a future episode. Find us on Instagram at spiritual.spectrum.pod. There you can stay informed of any future releases as well as catch any photos that are related to the episodes. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you in two weeks.